Hello, hello, hello! Just hear those sleigh bells jing and go ring, ring, ring. Yes, it is a holiday episode. Uh, it is December, it is 2021, and it is episode 35, 35, my goodness, fellas, of uh, Vintage Sand, your film history podcast. Uh, for those of you out there, we are so glad to be here, and by we, I mean, of course, the legendary John Meyer. Say hello to the nice people, Johnny. Hello, people. See, all, there you go. All eight of you. All eight. No, we're moving up in the world. All we right. started out with three. Uh, Minnesota Mike Edmund. Hi there. How you betcha. I just watched Fargo, so I'm, I'm, I was thinking of Mike. And uh, yours truly, your humble narrator, Josh Cabot. And for episode 35, we are reaching back into one of our favorite sources. Um, that would be uh, the uh, very uh, solid 80s and uh, 90s film critic, Danny Peary. Our favorite book of his, although he did many good books, is his book, Alternate Oscars. And if you are steady listeners of ours, you will know that we have already done episodes on what we think should have won in the 1950s, in the 1970s, in the 1980s, and in the 2000 aughts. So this time we thought we'd challenge ourselves for the holidays uh, and go all the way back to the very first decade where uh, we have a full set of Oscars. And that, of course, is the 1930s, the Oscars being first given out in 1928. So welcome to Vintage Sand, episode 35, alternate Oscars, the 1930s edition. I'm very excited about this one. But, and of course, we were just talking about this before. Um, should we just like end the episode and give it to Jean Renoir every year? Well, I mean, that would be an easy way to do I mean, it. I, mean, I don't know if a director ever owned a decade as much. It was so far ahead of everybody yeah. else. I yes. mean, and his name is going to come up a few times, I think, all the way through. I was just thinking, have you guys seen the one he did in 38, La Bête Humaine, The Human Beast? I, yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time, I but it's, it. it's really good. Yeah. It's brilliant, and it's totally forgotten because it comes between two of the his two most famous, famous greatest films yeah. ever made. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's Jean Renoir. And yeah. then, of course, you know, he comes to America in the 40s, and the rest of his career is so interesting. But uh, that is another episode we have to do a Jean Renoir episode. So, and I was also thinking, you know, that the 30s are really two different decades. There's pre-code 30s, and then yes. there's post-code 30s, where yes. things get very, very different. So we might have some, we might have some interesting changes coming around 1934, 1935. Um, and, you know, I think what's going to make this fun, and it always does, is that I think we all agreed that they got it right precisely one year. I think we're all agreed maybe on that, and that's coming up right away. But some of the most atrocious, underseen, for a good reason, movies won Best Picture Oscars in the 30s. Anyone seen Zimmeron? Anyone seen Cavalcade? Anyone seen The Great Ziegfeld? Oh, Anyone seen The Life of Emile Zola? Or even You Can't Take It With You, which is fine, yeah, but... It, it's... it's I, don't, I, do, I do not like You and Can't Take It With You. No, I don't either. And, and honestly, I don't love Gone With The Wind. There I said it. Uh, I don't either. I don't either. Uh, I would. I, I don't think even Wizard of Oz is going to win for us this year. I think no. that year. I think I, I would have <laughs> given it to Wizard of Oz over I, Gone with the over Wind. the no, of the nominees. And of course, yeah, now but, Gone with the Wind, given the current you know 
changes in political climate and awareness is almost on. But even when I first, well, yeah, I didn't when we it. get to it, when we first, but when I first saw it, I thought, gee, there's some really awful acting in this. Yeah, I, I <laughs> it's, it's 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 split. There's it's, some bad yeah, acting and some, some really, really good, good acting. One, yeah, it's it's really kind of split. And I remember when I first saw, I did I did like it a lot, but I was I think fourteen. Yeah, that's when I saw it. I think that, it was 14 that big when revival. I saw it, and plus the fact there was such a build-up. I yeah. kept hearing about that movie from the time I was a little kid. You know, you have to see it, you have to see it, you have to see it. And then when I finally saw it, yeah, this is really good. But there was something about it that just didn't sit right with me. I was like, wait a minute, like, but they're the Confederate soldiers. They're the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know... Le- Leslie Howard is supposed to be an object of desire. Oh yeah, well, that was a big. That problem. was the will. The wooden. He's just like wooden in it. Hello. I mean, they have to keep him away from open flame for the entire movie. He'll go right <laughs> up. The one thing I do when I teach film class, the one thing I do with Gone with the Wind is the crane shot up when she walks mm. out of the hospital. Yeah. And you don't quite have a sense because you've been stuck in her world. You don't how bad the war is going for the Confederacy and the. Ca- camera just goes up, 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 yeah. up, 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 and you see this endless yeah, but what's train the last, platform. Last, but what's the, the last part? Flag, the, the, yeah, the tattered like, flag. Yeah, flag. You know, romanticization of the South. Well, it was all part of the Jim Crow movement. Let's was, not even you know, go there. That's a whole other two-hour episode. We did that episode. I will we, say one very, very positive thing about Gone with the Wind. I think screenwriters should be required to see that movie and read the book because to me that is an excellent example of a mammoth book that was adapted well? That it was really adapted well. Apparently everybody in Hollywood had a shot at it. Right. <laughs> Sidney Howard was not the only, he yeah. was the only credited screenwriter yeah. but apparently Ben Hecht had worked on it. Yeah. Ben Hecht worked on almost Ooh, everything. everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He was the Robert Town of his day. Yeah. Yes. But uh, um, uh, the screenwriters for most of the Harry Potter books I, I, and films could have used the lesson. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, from uh, Gone with the Wind. Because Gone with the Wind just managed to keep everything. And yes, it is three hours and 45 minutes, but it is a huge, huge book. And they cut the th- things that should have been cut and kept the things that could have been kept. And it's a really good script. I just think it's... Well, it kept it moving. Moving. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think it's a... It's dreadfully acted. I don't think <laughs> a lot of it. Some no, of it. I don't think you can some argue it. with Vivian Lee. I no. can't argue with Clark Vivian, Gable. And or Olivia de Havilland is exactly. wonderful. And Hattie exactly. McDaniel, of course. Yes. But yes. we're getting ahead of us. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So remember that the first Oscars for films made in 27 was given to Wings and Sunrise. Remember, that was the only year they gave two best pictures. Right. Sunrise won for Artistic Achievement. And by the way, Wings is a lot of fun. I mean, it really kind of moves, but uh, you know, we ha- we haven't mentioned uh, William Wellman a- enough as a director. He's kind of uh, viciously underrated. But Sunrise is clearly the film of that year, and then the completely unwatchable, possibly the worst Best Picture winner ever, Broadway Melody of 1929. I've not seen some I good songs, which were later it. recycled in the MGM musicals in the 40s and 50s. But it's you know, worse than The Greatest Show on Earth. No, it is well, and it's exactly like this the the sound recording scenes in Singing in the Rain. I mean, you know, the mic goes in and out, oh, and, and the camera doesn't oh, move. But you know, eventually we get going, and so we start at 1930, the third Oscars, and I think maybe guys were going to agree that's the only time they got it right. Yeah, I'll go on. 1930. Yes, and the, the, the winner was Lewis Milestone's uh, All Quiet on the Western yeah. Front, the adaptation of the Remark novel, and I think it's. Brilliant. I think it still perfect. has a lot of power, and it's hard to rem- hard to keep in mind that our hero was German, yeah. 
And, yeah. you know, so, and that didn't cause any controversy. The, the thing that will always stay with me is the battle scenes when um, the French are storming the barbed wire and there's a huge explosion. And this is pre-code, 1930, yeah. so you can show it. And all Lou Ayres, our, our hero, Paul, sees is just a severed arm grabbing onto the wire. Right. And he looks yeah. away. And I love the ending, too. In, yeah. in the book, it just, it just mentions there's a little briefing you know, that it's about two months before the war ends, all quiet on the Western Front. Mm -hmm. There was some action in which Paul, our hero, is killed. Here you get the thing with the butterfly. Yeah. The other and nominees is, that year, and I didn't see most of them, were The Big House. Which is terrific, great prison drama. Really? Really oh. good. Dis I, have, I have seen that. It's good. Yeah. Really yeah. good. Disraeli. Ugh. Uh, the Divorcee, which I have seen. Which the I divorcee, have not seen. The Divorcee, the Yeah. And The Love Parade. Lubitsch. Yeah, I think Lubitsch directed. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know if those if that a couple of those films don't even exist anymore. Yeah. And where is George Arliss when we need him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about artificial acting. Oui, but that was the style. It was a hard transition. I'm going to mention just two other uh, foreign films. Uh, Blue Angel. Yes, you know, that's which good. Which gave us didn't give us Sternberg because Sternberg had done some fantastic gangster pictures. Um, in the late, um, you know, Docks of New York and films like that in the late 20s. That's right. But it did give us Dietrich. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the Dietrich-Sternberg co uh, collaboration is coming back later on in my list. And the other is, you know, it's a very Soviet-Stalinist film, but Alexander Doshenko's Earth. Oh, yeah, one I've with the sunflower and the yeah. uh, it's beautiful about the cycle of life and the farm and Soviet collectivism. It's almost it's almost always used in classes about the history of editing. Exactly, it's, it's always it, always Doshenko so, being a real yeah. student of Eisenstein and it's, yeah. and the montage editing yeah. is just beautiful. Anything else worth mentioning for 1930, Johnny? Uh, no, um, I can't think of anything. Yeah, it's. Um, Okay, so then we'll move directly on to 1931, uh, in which if I weren't going to give Chaplin the nod later on in the decade, I would have chosen City Lights. That's what I would have chosen. I, I too, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's far and which above wasn't the best nominated. movie that year. The, right, wasn't nominated. The year, the, what won that year was Cimarron, which is atrocious. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Did you guys see that? I know they remade it in the early 60s. I think it was Glenn um, Ford or something like that. No, it I'm, was um, oh, Stuart, Stuart Whitman. Whitman. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, oh, God. Yeah. Another, another... <laughs> Why? Why? Another question mark actor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not feeling it. What else was nominated that year? Mike? East Lind, which I didn't see the, the, the movie. I've seen the play. I've and, never and, seen oh, it. Oh, it's atrocious. Yeah. Uh, the front page, which is okay. Yeah. Not as good as the play. Until you watch His Girl Friday. Yeah. Skippy. Tarog, yeah. And uh, Trader Horn, which I'm not familiar uh, with. Uh, yeah. And another, other notable films of that year were Little Caesar and The Public Enemy. Public yeah. Enemy, Public Enemy, yeah, okay. Public Enemy is there good. Go. It's, it's aged pretty well. And, and you were talking about Wellman. That's a movie that kind of sticks in my mind as it's, it's cinematic. It's, yes, it's not. Very. It's not very stage bound and and artificial feeling with you know having to like that anchored to the microphone. Well, he, and also and also Cag, the Cagney is just so electric. I mean, it's yeah, like, boom, 
where did yeah. he come from? And it does have some very famous moments. Grapefruits uh, and uh, and mm, uh, very grapefruit. nice. But I'm going. Uh, I would also one of my favorite. I I am an insane fan of Rene Clair's uh, first four uh, sound films in France, but especially the one that came out in '31. That's Le Million. About the, the starving artist who has a who wins the lottery, but the ticket oh. gets lost. Oh my God! I, that, I saw that in my French class in college. Yep, that is the sweetest, loveliest yeah, film. That was good. Um, Renoir's uh, my first mention of Renoir, which is Le Chien, the, uh, which uh, yeah. Lang remade yes. as Scarlet Street. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, in '44, which I think is great. But uh, I am by far giving uh, giving my 1931 Oscar um, to Fritz Lang. M M. Yeah. yeah, has to be M. I mean yeah. that there is there is more innovation in that one film than any fifteen other films. That's yeah, a great movie. And Lang was really the first person to understand how to use sound as opposed to just recording voices yeah. and ambient noise. Yes. He uses it, and Peter Laurie's performance. And I, I, I don't. I'm not even going to get into talking about M because there are several great books written just about that film. It's so a very influential movie. It is so by disturbing far, as hell. Yes, I mean, yeah, I mean boy. <laughs> but the opening, the opening scenes, uh, you know, when Elsie's uh, mom is is calling for her, and down the stairs, you see this this yeah. looking down through the staircase, and then you know we know that Elsie's been been killed by the murderer, right. and uh, and her place setting. Lang kind of lingers on that in yeah. the empty place setting. It's just little moments like that. Yeah. And again, Peter... And then here's Peter Laurie, who is is just one of the most horrifying characters in all of film. And yet at the end, when the criminals get hold of him and they're putting him on trial in their kangaroo court, he's so pathetic. And so yeah. you, you just feel hard. And then you're like, wait a minute. It's like Clockwork it's, it's Orange. You're like, wait. He's a tortured soul. I'm yeah. feeling sorry for this guy? Yeah. Whoa. So... Uh, for 1931, nothing else even in consideration for me except maybe City Lights. My choice would be M. Minus City Lights. Okay, I, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to choose between the two of those. I, I boy, pretty hard to argue with City Lights. Uh, it is. It, it's a perfect film. Yeah. Still makes the me cry. only thing. Yeah, the ending. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Just heard the one title card. Yeah. yeah. You. Yeah, you yeah. know when she touches his hand oh, yeah. and recognizes that it's him. Yeah, and she's not great. And I'm only saying she's not great because I compare her to, say, Paulette Goddard. Well, yeah. well, Paulette you Goddard know, was alive, right? Who's a real, uh, you know, a real foil for him in modern times yeah. and great dictator. But um, yeah, either I, I, I'm going with him. I could certainly. So John, we got to make you choose. We got to make you break the tie here, choose? brother. Oh. Boy, apples and oranges, they're both so different. My God. I think they're both great movies. Brilliant. I, Perfect. I, boy, if I have to choose which do I want to go take on a desert island, that kind of thing, well... City Lights is, a date, is the date movie, but, yeah. you know, Desert Island... <laughs> That's a good way there to put you it. There you go. That's but, a good way uh, to put it. Eh, maybe City Lights, I guess. But I guess Desert Island is, is M. Yeah. Has to be. I know. M is... You're very, you're, it's very true what you say that M is, M is a far more influential movie. Uh, the way that it was photographed, and, the way, and like, and as you said, the way he uses sound. Yeah, he's is. like maybe, I would say, I'm maybe 20 years ahead of its time as far as the use of sound. So M with drama and Le Million by Claire with comedy. 
really 1931 is when the world starts to figure out how to use sound in interesting yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah. And so for that, the year is worth our time. Nin Although not really Hollywood because they had, they right. sort of like still were very stage bound for yes. the next several years. Most of the movies really. Until you get to Busby Berkeley, I would say. Yeah. But that's... But even their dramas were... Mm, yeah. Most of Hollywood dramas in the 30s, I'm sorry. Yeah, they the exception have, of a, have, of a couple of well. William Wylers. Well, they the, haven't I mean, aged the, well. The big Wasn't the champ from 31? Um, Wally Beery, uh, yeah, the champ. Uh, the 30, oh 31, 32. Talk about yeah, corn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not working. All right. <laughs> Rushing through to 1932, the winner being, Grand listen, Hotel. I understand why Grand Hotel won. It was all of MGM stars in one place at one time, and it was melodrama, but that's not even close. I'd, I'd rather give it to Freaks, honestly. I mean, Freaks, Freaks has turned out I, to be a much better and more influential I film. I think I would go with I Am a Future from Shanghai. Oh, nice. Yeah, tell me more. I don't know if our, our fans know that one. Oh, Great boy. Paul Muni film. I mean... I'm not a big fan of Paul Muni. Sometimes I think he's kind of artificial. And I think, yeah, I, I agree. Except he's, he's Jewish, so it's got to be. <laughs> so is Jackie Mason. It didn't make him a great actor. No, but uh, we um, worry about the coach. Well, a man is, he's wrongly accused of murder. He's put in prison. He keeps trying to get out, and he keeps <laughs> end up going back. It's, but the, I mean, it's a haunting movie. And it's, and it's another one of those movies, one of those movies that's, that's cinematic. Right. Um, Who directed? Mervyn Leroy. It's Leroy. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. yeah. He had a long career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, another guy who always worked. Not an auteur, no. but, uh, yeah. but you know, as one of those great, but he solid studio direct, craftsmen. Yeah. He did direct part of Wizard of Oz. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he... On, he, you know, on the foreign front, I would, you know, Carl Dreyer's Vampire, which mm. is just mm. beautiful. And the least known of his... Um, his sound features, and that's a shame because it's gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And uh, Oz uh, Ozu's "I Was Born By." Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah which is which is love. My first my first Ozu film that I love. But I am you know, when you want to talk about influence. I mean, there was Little Caesar, there was Public Enemy. But for my money, the sound gangster film really is born with my choice for 1932, which is Howard Hawks' Scarface. Scarface. I was, I was thinking about that. I have one big problem with Scarface, because I, I really like most of it a lot, except for Paul Muni. I think he's really bad in it. He's better than Al Pacino in the remake. <laughs> the remake, and I know so many people who love the remake. Do, do, do you know what I'm talking about, John? Do you know? Because I know so many Hispanic people who talk like this. Al Pacino in that movie sounded like Carol Burnett doing Charo. <laughs> Oh, nice. That's very good. Well, the I original like Scarface, We're keeping though, that the one. original Scarface, I mean, Paul Muni is, it's a very, it's almost a comic strip yeah. Italian accent. It's, it's really pretty bad. It's, it's but this, I, but this, there are a lot of really, really good touches in the movie. And I and I love Howard Hawks. The X's, you know, the symbolic yeah. X's. Boris Karloff is in it, and he's yeah. wonderful in it. Yeah. Yep. Here are the other nominees. For 32. I, yeah. Uh, Aerosmith. Bad good Girl. Novel. Bad Girl. Don't know it. Don't know it either. The Champ. Ugh. Five Star Final. Five Star Final? What the hell is that? I don't know. One Hour With You. <laughs> I only got two stars. 
Uh, Shanghai Express. Yes, yes, Which is yes, what yes, I would yes, have voted yes. for. Well, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I will say something about Shanghai Express too. It's again, it's the same thing. The acting in it is really bad, except for Anna May Wong, and there's not enough of her. Yeah, Anna May Wong okay. is the only real person in that movie, and there's there's very little of her. Who wants reality? It's Dietrich. Yeah, but Dietrich just she's not good in it. She just plays attitude. In yeah, it. and you have Clive. Which she Brooke. often did. She have Clive Brooke as a piece of wood. He usually was. <laughs> and Eugene Paulette is like hamming it up all over the place. And he developed into a very good actor. Yes. And he's going to show up in But I have later. to say, though, visually, it's beautiful. And I like the story a lot, but the acting kills it. And it's, other other notable films from that year, we mentioned Scarface, Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, the Guardsman, which I sort That's of... That's Lawrence and It's right? the only yeah. movie. Yeah. The only time they ever acted on film. I've never uh, seen it. It's... It's stagey, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it gives you a chance to see them, and they're they're very good. I mean, I can see why they got that reputation because I never their, their last play was when I was like two or three, so I never got to see them on stage. And uh, the one that I'm choosing is Renoir's Boudou Saved from Drowning, Boudou, yeah. which yeah, I love. Absolutely, I love that absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Well, I know we found out. Um, that you are a Michel Simon fan. Yes, when I we am. did our uh, our piece on great last films by directors, yes. and we talked about La Valant, and he's yes. he's wonderful in everything he's, he's, he does. He's sort of my hero. Yeah, I, I'm a hero from that decade. And I even like Mazursky's remake of it. I do too. Uh, it's, it's fun. Down and yeah. Out in Beverly yeah. Hills for those of you playing along from '86. But yeah, it's, it's a fun. wonderful yeah. film. I mean, and that 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 Renoir humanism, John. What about you for thirty two? Um, I'm kind of torn between I'm a Future of Chang Gang and and Scarface, and I, but I Scarface boy. Scarface, I think, is a little bit more original. Yes, and you know, and also again with the pre code stuff. Yeah. I mean, his as long as uh, he had more freedom. Yeah, and he, with the violence and his feelings for his sister oh, yeah. are you know played by Anne Dvorak <laughs> are are made quite. Explicitly yeah. clear, and it's like, yeah. whoa, right? Yeah. Pre-code, I remember. I would also throw in um, Island of Lost Souls, Ooh. which was Charles Lawton, right. you know, doing the H.G. Wells, uh, yeah. The Island of Dr. Moreau, and yeah. it is a twisted Ooh, piece of work. That? I don't know. I don't know who directed that, I'm embarrassed to say. Fact checker! Yeah, I'm looking it up. Uh, too bad they unionized. We're like Starbucks now. We have to pay them real wages. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so too much. Yeah, that is you a... You should be happy to work for us. There's some shocking stuff in there. Uh, that's what I love about the pre-code movies. But I, again, just for sheer influence, and in some ways, Scarface is the real template, as yeah. I said, for gangster films. And we all yeah. agree that we don't like Grand Hotel. Oh, God. Yeah. I want to be alone. Here's yeah, the... a few good moments, but that's about it. No. And all of the acting is it's very hammy. Very, very hammy. Yeah. Except, oddly enough, I think Joan Crawford's pretty good in it. She is. And, and she is somebody I usually don't like. I mean, I'm intrigued. I, you know, there's this new biography of Garbo. I heard it. I read to be very about good. it. Yeah. yeah. And, but although what I gather, you know, the there's nothing after, below the surface. Yeah. After <laughs> she retired, she just basically did nothing. No, but that you know, there's she's For always years. always seemed to be this mystery woman who was hiding this deep dark secret, and apparently the book no. says that yeah, there was really nothing. No, there, there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, and uh, with, a, with a little love to Freaks and a little love to Vampire and I'm a Fugitive, and, and uh, we're going to, I'm giving it to Scarface for 32. 
Michael, you're Bodu. you're on Bodu. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm on Scarface. And John's on Scarface. All right, fun. Uh, Island of Lost Souls was directed by Erie C. Kenton. I know that name is all on the tip of our tongues. Wow. <laughs> the poor man's Marion Cooper. <laughs> yeah, no, it feels like one of those King Kong, you know, yeah, Chang kind of films. But, uh, yeah. And I think, wasn't Most Dangerous Game with Joel McRae in 32 also? That was also a really twisted little film. Uh, I don't know. It's and freaks, of course. I mentioned again, Browning's freaks. So uh, it's it was a really interesting year. Pre-code. We should just do a pre-code episode sometime. All right. Well, the only thing I could say about Grand Hotel is that it was better than what won in nineteen thirty-three, yes. which is Cavalcade, based on the Noel Coward play. And I don't know. That's, I've never even seen the play. It, it that may give. Yeah. Uh, greatest show on earth and Broadway Melody really? and a, a run for a run for its I've money. never seen the film. I've always been told to stay away. <laughs> and I think there were a ton of really interesting films in in 33. Yeah, the other nominees were Farewell to Arms, 42nd yeah. Street. They changed the ending. Yeah. In Farewell to Arms, she yeah. lives in the movie. Yeah. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I am a fugitive from a chain gang. Uh, lady, oh, so is this the no? Well, the years get a little yeah. Yeah, this yeah. Is Once again, confusing. it's thirty-two to thirty-three. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying that's when it was nominated. Lady for a day, Capra, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. A little women, the Kukar, the private life of Henry VIII with Charles Lawton. A great performance. She done him wrong. May West smiling through. I've never mm. heard of this. I know from and nothing. the first of many state fairs. Oof. Yeah. Wait, they uh, the musical State Fair really? Uh, I don't think it's the Rodgers and Hammerstein. I no, think it was the. Bo- I think it was uh, yeah. okay because the it. first one of theirs was nineteen forty five. The one with uh, uh, Gene Crane. Oh, that State Fair, yeah. right? Okay, and there's so one in the sixties. Other notable films, though, and there were several of them. Lots. King Kong. Hello. Trouble in Paradise. Brilliant. Design for Living. Tugboat Annie. Yeah. Dinner at Eight. Great. The Invisible Man. Fantastic. The Mummy. Yeah. And my favorite, the one I'm voting for, Duck Soup. Yeah, I could certainly see why. Duck Soup. Um, uh, I, I also mentioned another Capra film from that year was The Bitter Tea of General Yen. Yeah. Which is a, you know, aside from the fact Very that... Very un-Capra-like. Yeah, and, but great Stanwyck performance. And although, again, we have to deal with someone, you know... To use the expression used these days, yellowing up, Niels Aster, yeah. a white yeah. actor playing Asian. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting film. And that wasn't even Stanley's best performance in 33. She's in Babyface. You know, the last really great pre-code film where she absolutely sleeps her way to the top. Yeah. And there's no bones made about it. And I'm yes. like, wow, pre-code. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Testament of Dr. Mabuse came out oh, in 33? Oh, my God. Yes. That is, that's almost, I think, even better than the first one. Then because it's it's Hitler. I mean, yeah. it is right yep. on top. And you know, the legend has it that Lang was invited by Goebbels to, you know, take over the Nazi film industry. And after Mabuse and came, he skedaddled. Yes, and he went right <laughs> left the von Harbu and went right to the train station. And boom, off he went. So yeah, I could definitely see giving it to uh, Duck Soup. I'm going. I'm going to meet those dancing feet because. I am. I never. I know you hate Ruby Keeler. I know you don't love Dick Powell. I, but uh, Ruby Keeler just perplexes me. 
I, I the first time I saw her, we're was, talking about Forty Second Street, by the way, which is my choice. Was on st- was on stage. No, 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 that my dad said, "Oh, Ruby Keely, you're gonna see something now." And I watched. Was just like, I, my, my mouth was open at, at how bland and bad she was. And then I watched the Forty Second Street, which was being shown a lot on Channel 5 because of, because of the, the success of No, No, Nanette. And I yeah. thought, she stinks in this. <laughs> I mean, compared... I, I think she's adorable. <laughs> compared <there. I> <laughs> to Ginger Rogers and Nina Merkel, who, who are wonderful in the film. Yes. yeah. And Warren Baxter is good. It's a good story. Isn't Ginger Rogers that her character's called Anytime Annie? Yeah. Or like, God, I love pre-code. <laughs> it's good times. You know, we should, we should mention a little bit that this was the height of the Depression. Right, but that's that. Thank you, John, because yeah. that that's why I love the Warner's musicals. Because unlike the yeah. it, sneak preview we're doing for our January episode, episode thirty six, we're going to take you on a quick tour of the musical from beginning to now, inspired by uh, the new West Side Story. But you know, the Astaire Rogers musicals are you know to set in these fantasy European countries with elegant ballrooms and everyone in tuxes and gowns. But what I love about the Warner's musicals is that not only do they not ignore the depression, they incorporate it. Because the yeah. whole thing about Forty Second Street is if this show closes, all of these people are going to go hungry. Right. Yeah, and right. then when the star breaks her ankle, and you know, and Ruby Keeler, you know, you're, you're yeah. going out there and you're coming back as star, and. But the star of the film is Busby Berkeley. Yes, that it's I will introduction yeah. to a kind of bizarre, <laughs> only in movies kind of genius that you know, and he kept on doing this for years and years. I just I, I find it hard to love a film where I don't like the central performance. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's my problem I, I with Miss Keeler. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I know, and she pretty much mean. retired after uh, she and Jolson divorced. Yeah. It's kind of the end of her career until no, 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 that. What what you said though before about the difference of the different is of the two kinds of musicals though was pretty much of all the movies of that those few years because it was either trying to make something that was pure escapism or something where they were really trying to delve into the issues of the day. And can which I, is how the how the gangster movies right. came about, came about. And let me throw another film out that we were talking about Bill Wellman before. Yeah, Wild Boys of the Road. Which well, I've never seen it. It, it, it used to. It was very hard to see for a long time, and it is about exactly what it says. It's about these group of this group of young boys and men who are forced to forced onto the road because of the depression. It's about how they survive. And man, does it take on the depression straight on? Although we talked when we were talking about duck soup in an earlier episode, you know, we speculated that that's why it failed because you know no one wanted to see any you know Rufus T. Firefly as president. Well. <laughs> but D- duck soup is—it's it, almost Dadaist. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's a complete anarchy. Yeah, which is lovely, and no yeah. musical numbers. God bless us. Well, they—they <laughs> they, they, they do have. Uh, um, no, but I mean, no roll. harp, no, no piano. No, no, yeah. that was Thalberg's kind of idea, uh, for, because of Duck Soup's failure and uh, Night of the Opera and Day of the Races were successful. I yeah, no, successful. I, I, I... Free, free Fredonia! <laughs> but did you shadow Firefly? Oh, sure, we shadow him all day. What Whoa. day? Shadow day. 
<laughs> Remember, you're fighting for the honor of this woman, which is more than she ever did for herself. It's still my favorite line of almost any movie. Oh my goodness! Uh, well, I, I'm you know, duck soup is is unmatchable, but I'm just going to give it by a hair, by a whisker, to Forty Second Street. But if you, by the way, if you guys can track, Don makes a very good point. If you can track down a film like Wild Boys of the Road, the films that took on the depression straight on, and then there's like bizarro ones like Gabriel Over the White House. Have you guys seen that? Uh, one? yeah, I also have. Also, that's <laughs> a weird film. That's yeah, really disturbing. Um, but there you go. So, um, so 1933, I'm giving to 42nd Street. Duck Soup. Duck Soup and... I'm going with Testament of Dr. Mabuse because I want people to watch it. Oh my God, absolutely. All three. Um, the first one, uh, Dr. Mabuse, uh, Der Spieler, The Gambler, is from 24. And then his last film, which he went back to Germany to do in 61. So theoretically, it's a trilogy. But yeah, I mean, making this film about a man who has almost hypnotic power over masses of people yep. in 1933 i mean lang was yeah. right on top of it and yeah. it's 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 in it's, the best it's, possible it's, way it's hard to watch yeah because yeah, I mean, the allegory is a bit obvious to us now of course but <laughs> it, it, it it's it's amazing so 33 an underrated year we go to 1934 and of course the first film has only silence of the lambs has also won the big five right uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest and cuckoo's Right, act right. So we're talking about film director, actor, actress, actor, and screenplay. Yeah. So, but the first one, of course, was 1934's film. It happened one night, uh, which really put Frank Capra on the map. Yep. I, I, it's a still a very enjoyable. Oh yeah, film. Oh, yeah. I think it's, it's a good film. Good. I think it's yeah. one of, for me, it's one of Capra's best films. The Walls of Jericho. <laughs> but the other nominees were um, uh, the Barretts of Wimple Street. Cool. Cleopatra. Ugh. Oh, the Claudette Colbert. Yeah. yeah. Flirtation Walk. Don't know it. The Gay Divorcee. That's uh, Starin' Rogers, yes. right? Yeah. Here Comes the Navy. There Goes the Army. <laughs> the House of Rothschild. Here Comes the Navy. What the? I gotta look that one up. Yeah, I didn't know it either. Wow. The House of Rothschild, Imitation of Life, the first. Which I, the John Stalls, yeah. which I love. I mean, I, I like this, but the original is great. One Night of Love, Via Villa. I'm sure you had more than oh, that. Oh, with, with uh, Wallace Beery as uh, Pancho mm-hmm. Villa, yeah. God. The, white pa- the White Parade. The White Parade. Sounds like, my, sounds like Staten Island. I know. <laughs> and the one that I would have voted for, for all over Best Picture, is uh, Thin Man. Hard to argue. And it was nominated. Hard to argue uh, with that. I think Even that, Asta was good. But I think that is one of, it's definitely the first film. It works as both of a comedy and mystery, and they're both perfect. Well, that's it's the it's basically the template yeah. for that. Yeah, that's that's the one who it's invented the, yeah. the comic mystery. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's and, and they both work. Aged, it's aged really well. It aged well. Yeah. Every time it's on, I watch it. Powell's great. Lloyd's great. Yep. Other notable films: The Scarlet Empress, which we already talked about. No, well, that's well, and that's my choice. The Merry Widow. It's a gift. It's a, the W.C. Fields. W.C. Fields. Yeah, which is that's, good. That's pretty good. good. Yeah. Sons of the Desert. Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy. That's one of their better ones. And 20th Century. Which is good. Good. Barrymore. Yeah, it's I think they're one. both kind of hammy in it. I, well, the Barrymore character, it, it works. Because yeah. he's supposed to be this really overbearing... Yeah, but it's her I don't really like. Yeah, I, I agree. And Even uh, though I know a lot of people love Carol Lombard. I would never yeah, crazy about her. Yeah, not me either. I like her in her and to be and not to be. Yeah. 
That works. But most I, of her... I, I happen to love to be around. Yeah. Yeah. But most of her stuff I find her kind of hammy. I, Sorry. I, I kind of like her, but... Um, John, what's your 1934? Um, I, I got to toss it up between it happened one night and the Thin Man. I think you make a really good point. I think I would go with the Thin Man mm-hmm. if I really have to choose. But I do like it happened one night yeah. a lot. I think it's, it's definitely one of the, the years where they... Almost kind of got it right. Yeah, they did. I mean, I, you can't argue with yeah. what happened one night. Yeah, it's a very I mean, charming movie. Yeah, and, every, yes. and everyone is good in it. Yes, yep. everyone. Which is rare for that time. Right. right. But I'm going with Scarlet Empress just because I think of all the Dietrich Sternberg films of that series of seven films, it is by far the most insane. It is art directed to death. You've oh, never yeah, seen a it's film. It's beautiful. Oh my oh, yeah. God. But it's also out of its mind. Yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's very unhinged. inventive visually. It's always interesting visually. This, I like the story a lot. <laughs> um, no, but uh, it, the, what I love but, about but But you're right. You're right. Scarlet Empress is also, it's sort of the last gasp of pre-code in that it is made perfectly and wonderfully explicitly clear that she gets control over everything. Remember, she's brought in as a fairly young woman to marry the Mad Czar, but she takes control because she basically sleeps with everyone at the top of the army, and they support her, and she, it's just... Just completely, it all of those Sternberg films take place in a completely different universe. I know it's sort of supposed to be Russia in Catherine the Great's time, but it's it's Sternberg land. And Dietrich, for me, she is no great actress at that point. I agree, but just works perfectly. She's part of the decoration and just glows yeah. in the film. I I so I I just it's a it's a movie of absolute and utter insanity. So I'm giving it to um, I'm giving it to Scarlet Empress for and that. And I'm giving it to Thin Man. And you too for Thin Man, John. Yeah. All right. So there you go. No no argument from me. 1935 Mutiny on the Bounty. Mr. Christian was oh. the winner. Yeah. The best thing I can say about Mutiny on the Bounty was better than the Brando version. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's low bar, Mike. <laughs> that's the best thing I can say. Really low. It's got bar. some good things in it. It's, um, but the Brando version? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of over. It's let's say it's bloated. I think is a good way to describe bloated? it. Bloated? <laughs> no, not talking about Brando. Brando, yeah. No, no, I know. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, Lawton is is a great. Lawton is very good. Gable is very charismatic. As, and French Tone. It's the French, only time yeah. the three actors were ever nominated for the best actor Oscar. Is that right? Yeah, only time See, it ever happened. Mike who, Edmund is your man for fun who Oscar won that facts. Year? The other one, uh, um, who won that year? That I can't tell you, but it wasn't it? Was none of them? Uh, was that poem? Well, they probably all cancel each other out. Yeah, was it? Uh... He doesn't. I stumped him. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. In my thirties, I don't know. Stumped him. You win a free was, pizza. Over I think it was at, uh... Paul Muni. Ooh, for Life of Emil Zola. No, that was no. The later. Oh, for uh, Juarez. No, yeah. that was later too. Was well, it? well, look at uh, I'll look, look it up. up the Oscars for I mean, 35. Send our fact checker a look. But I know n- none <laughs> oh, of the yeah. three of them won. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I do like it better than the Brando. But um, oh, by the way, here comes the Navy. <laughs> Did you really look up? Yeah, yes, James Cagney, Pat O'Brien, Gloria Stewart. A cocky guy joins the Navy for the wrong reason, but finds romance, and twice is cited for heroism. Directed by that great director. Lloyd Bacon. Oh, I like it. Lloyd uh, Bacon. Forty Second Street. He directed Forty Second Street. Yep. Right. Yeah. Look. Look. That. I. I. I want to say Paul Muni. Thirty-five. For thirty-five. But. Oh, okay. 
By but the way, I forgot about Juarez. I really like that film. That's a really interesting movie. Uh, and then uh, so, other notable what films. Are the no- what are the nominees in 35? Oh, God, yes. Alice Adams. Sure. <sighs> Broadway Melody of 1936. Inevitably. Captain Blood. <laughs> oh. Oh, Fantastic. I know who won it. Um, um, uh, uh, for The Informer. Oh, Victor McLean. Victor McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yes, 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 that's right. Fair oh, enough. Yeah. Yes, Fair yes, because I have written here The Informer. I like Victor McLaughlin, but he's a little hammy in it. He is. He was kind of a ham. I liked him, but... Well, when they use him more as a comic, after yeah. the hammy just well, lo- works. I love him in uh, The Quiet Man. Yeah, yeah. no oh, one. Yeah, and Ford's, Ford's, Ford, Ford's, really, Ford's first great sound film. David Copperfield, did I say that already? Uh, Les Miserables. Which is not bad. Yeah, yeah I've seen it. Frederick March. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Martin is, uh, yeah. is Chabert. Yeah. Yeah. Lives of a Bengal Debt Lancer. I've seen it. Gary was, Cooper, French um, Antoine. Yeah. Adventure movie, it's okay. A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeek. <laughs> it was directed by Max Reinhardt, though, yeah, so that's, yeah. that makes Everybody it Everybody but his kitchen sink is in it. Yeah, and Jim, yeah. Jimmy Cagney is Puck. Yeah. yeah. Not, naughty Mar- Marietta. Uh, naughty Marietta. Oh, Marietta. that's an Eddie McDonald, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. I <laughs> so you of, never know what Mike's thinking. Ruggles of Red Gap, which I, I like. Actually, that's pretty it's good. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. And Top Hat. Oh, which is going to be one of my honorable mentions. Well, that would have been my vote. Of the nominees. The other yeah. notable films are The Bride of Frankenstein. Which is my choice, by the way. A Night of the Opera. And my choice, The 39 Steps. Yeah. I, I, I had a feeling someone was going to go there. Yeah, can't, ar- can't argue with it. I, I, yeah, I'm, to me, I, Bride of Frankenstein or 39 Steps, uh, I prefer 39 Steps. But although Bride of Frankenstein, I can't argue with it. Bride it's, of Frankenstein is just probably, way out there. I think it might be the best of all those horror movies. Absolutely. But, 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 but none, they, neither film was nominated. And I love that Bride opens with, the, has the framing device of Mary Shelley and everyone sitting yeah. around telling the story. Yes. And then, yeah. you know, the same cast brought back from, and, God, the visuals of that, you know, which James Mel, Whale. right, which Mel Brooks paid paid such loving oh, tribute yeah. to in uh, in Young Frankenstein. It's almost exactly <laughs> the same. No, well, he insisted on on filming it in black and white and using that equipment that Universal still had lying yeah. around. But but I, even but even the abnormal brain that's actually it's in the movie, the original movie, it's in there. The the, the brain abnormal. Abby brain. something. <laughs> Abby normal. Abby normal. <laughs> No, and a hump on, on the other side. And Elsa Lancaster is is <laughs> yeah. is, is yeah, she's you know great yeah. Ah, oh, the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh my goodness, Dr. Pretorius. And it's one of those very few films that sequels that is better than the original. Yeah. I would say, and I love yes. the original. I think Karloff is amazing in the original. Everyone's good in the original, but this is even better. And it, it is better than the original. And it has a sense of humor to it, unlike most horror films of the day. Yeah. And yeah. it's 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 a really intelligent horror film. And, you know, and it very yeah. deliberately goes back to the roots in Mary Shelley. So I, that's, Bride of Frankenstein is going to be my choice for 1935. Mine's 39 steps. 39 steps. steps for, can't argue with that. No, I'm going with 39 He's steps. He's missing steps. part of his finger. You mean like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's such a good movie. And it's really Hitchcock announcing him. I mean, he yeah. did some decent yeah. work before that, sure. surely. Yeah. But 39 steps yeah. is the first, okay, this is who this we've is got Hitchcock. on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so no arguments from me, and we move on. We, 1936. We, we dig oh. deeper into the great Ziegfeld. Oh, by that the way, did a I, truly awful movie. Did I ever tell you guys that I, I, I that I won a trivia contest the last time I was on a cruise? 
Um, they gave 20 movie quotes. For the first 10, you had to name the movie. For the last 10, you had to name the movie and the year. So it was a total of 30 points, 10, 10, and 10. And I got 30 points. And this, this woman accused me of cheating. By the way, the swag the, was the, the little Royal Caribbean zipper pulls. You know, oh, sure. that's what she He's cheating. He's got, I was right in front of the guys. She was like, he's cheating. He's got Google open. So I ran into her later and she was like, you cheated. I said, I'll tell you what. If you can name, tell me what film won Best Picture in 1936. I will give you all my Royal Caribbean zipper pulls. <laughs> and she's like, well, I don't know that. I said, well, it was the great Ziegfeld. Look it up. Have a nice day. <laughs> See you at the buffet. <laughs> so there you go. So that's the only positive thing I have to say about the great, oh, great it's, Ziegfeld. It's, I mean... Mike, it's... explain Louise Reiner to me. I don't get it. <laughs> Two in a row. Well, well the fact that she won Best Actress in that film... Is the reason it's the uh, phone call scene? It's right? the phone yeah. call. Well, that's she's barely in it, I know. and that's why they. Uh, I think thirty-seven is when they started the supporting performances because it was ridiculous that she won it. I thought it was ridiculous that she won the following year too. But you, I can't explain Louise Reiner. I mean, she didn't have much of a career after that. But it's with it, good reason. I mean, well, yeah. it's hard to watch. Really hard to watch white people yellowing up in oh, the good boy. earth. But oh, you know what she won for. But, 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 but. You know, you, uh, also, you have to remember there's the power of the studio True. too. Yeah, and, and they and people who worked for a studio, mm-hmm. they were voting. They were pretty much told you better vote yeah. for our movie and bar actors. So uh, it was kind of like whatever studio at the, that year had the most employees would win but, stuff. But, but, uh, what else was nominated in '36? Okay, Anthony Adverse. Yeah. Dodsworth. On my on my near uh, near the top list, really. Libel Lady, which I like a lot. I like a lot too. Mr. Deeds goes to town. Uh, Romeo and Juliet. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. The forty year old, the geriatric yeah. version. Oh yes. no! God, why? <laughs> and they had about as much. Uh, well, uh, Norma Shearer and Leslie Howard oh, had about as much charisma. <laughs> Paul Newman and Julie Andrews and Torn Curtain. I mean. Notice how we managed to sneak Torn Curtain into almost every single episode. Yeah, it's sort I of really like our hate, totem film, I you really know. Hate that film. Okay. Well, we need this a sponsor. Who loves both Paul Newman and Julie Andrews? Go figure. Right, but together, yeah. no. San Francisco. Oh, the earthquake yep. uh, mm-hmm. scene is great. Yep, the That's first. That's what I remember. Uh, uh, a few people got hurt movie. doing that part. Yeah. The story of Louis Pasteur, yeah. A Tale of Two Cities, and Three yeah. Smart Girls. Never heard of that one. Yeah. Other notable films... Well, if you were smart, you would have heard of those there girls. There you go. So. <laughs> Other notable films that year are Showboat, Fury, Modern Times, My Man Godfrey, yeah, which I like good. a lot. Good. And one of my favorites, I'm not saying it's the best movie, but I want to give it a, um, a minute, because I absolutely love this movie, and I was actually attempting to rewrite it. Theodora Goes Wild. Do you know it? With Irene oh, yeah, Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I sure. absolutely love this movie. And I found out just over the last couple of weeks, you can uh, see it on YouTube for free. Oh, lovely. Because you can't, I love you her. Cannot buy it, you cannot buy a single DVD of it. But um, you can see it. After, I can't the, after the Thin Man came out that year, yeah, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Which is true. one of the... That's actually that's the best I would, good sequel. Yeah, it's a really, really good sequel. It's actually almost an outright comedy. That one. Yeah, except James Stewart is really creepy in it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, the, and Sabotage. Sabotage, yeah, true. Which yep. is a great 30s Hitchcock movie. Although he's not happy with it. Have you guys seen Dodsworth? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's where that's where this what I would vote for. Wow. But, I mean, but, and there's your there's your girl Mary Astor again. Oh God, she's great. She's in it. so yeah. good. And yep. Walter Houston. Oh, and, he's oh. wonderful. No, the. But I want to go back to Theodore. Go, Theodore goes wild because I. For people who don't know it, and people, please go out and see this movie. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's very, very funny. Watch it from home. Watch it from home with Irene Dunn and Melvin Douglas. It's about a woman who lives in a small town, a very conservative small town with her maiden aunts, and they have a conservative book club, and they condemn this book while, in fact, she is the author of the book and is writing under a, uh, a pen name. And I was going to try to update it. The story, original story is by Mary McCarthy. And I actually did an attempt, this was about mm, eight or nine years ago, to, to write a treatment, but uh, updating it to a gay, uh, someone who is a, a, a pastor and they're condemning things, but secretly he writes this television show, which is, which is themed Michael gay. Michael and Grace. Yeah. Of, yeah. And it's about, it's about sexual and political hypocrisy. And Donald Trump, as far as I'm concerned, just spoils that. I mean, the, yeah. Well, there's we've no outlawed, more outlawed hypocrisy. It really did. Yep. I mean, it's, it's just gone. like there's no such thing anymore. But a, a word of love for Irene Dunn because oh, she's you know, great in I, it. I'm yeah. about two. I was about two steps away from choosing the awful truth uh, as my film for 37. That's she, and she is just so wonderful. Oh yeah, in it. she's that, great. I think she's great. My, that she is was my really really good in comedies. Comedies and yeah. she, and here's the trivia about uh, Theodore Goes Wild. She didn't want to do it. She was really scared of comedy. That was oh, her that, first is comedy. Is that the first comedy? Oh, yeah. She'd done musicals, yeah. but she hadn't done comedy, and she was very nervous about it. And she was, I like it better in comedies than drama. I do, too. I'm totally with you there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, well, also the Jean Renoir movie came out that year, The Crime of Monsieur Crime de Monsieur Lange. Oh, yeah. yeah which is really good. But anyway... Um, so you're like going you with said, Dodsworth. We'll just give it the Dodsworth. Dodsworth is one of the mm. most grown-up films. Yeah. In terms of its treatment of human emotion, that not just from the 30s, but ever. I mean, I think it's probably my favorite Wyler film. I, I, I love every performance. I think it is just so unexpectedly insightful about people and about relationships and about marriage and about love. I, I just yeah. love it. Is that the year of these three? 1936 with Margaret Sullivan. Uh, no, I think Merle, the, the other. Um, I think so. Because uh, that's the other. Uh, it's Robert Wyler. Young and no, no, no. Uh, I'm thinking of something McCray. else. I'm thinking three comrades. Joel yeah. McRae. Yeah. Joel McRae, Merle Albright, and Miriam Hopkins. It's a heterosexual right. version of the Children's Hour. And sorry, my gay brethren. Yep. It's better. Oh. It's better than there the Children's is. Hour. Yes. There it, it is. is. It's much better. Yep. Yeah. No, I was thinking of three. Yes, yeah, nineteen thirty-six. Yeah. Okay, I, I I would give that an honorable mention because that is Wyler is the one American director who I think does real, really well in dramas in the thirties. Yes, at one hundred. No, no, no. Agree. Agree. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Jezebel. I don't. Yeah, I don't like Jezebel. No, no, no. just not. But and the Dark Victory is okay. And Wuthering Heights. Uh, overrated. Yeah, it's a, it's but it's a nice. It's overrated, I think. I, hate I, the I would ending. agree. I mean, it's... Yeah. Well, there's that. And I hate... And I don't like Meryl O'Brien in it. Well, Sorry. yeah, it's hard to kind of get why he's so obsessed with yeah. her. 
So for nineteen thirty six, Michael's going with. Well, Modern Dodgeworth. Times came out in nineteen thirty six. That's my choice. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Okay. I mean, I I like Modern Times too. I think that it is. But I, but I that was a, actually it was a good year. Yeah, they they're getting better now. And I think that Modern Times it, there are so many bits that are so yeah. influential. Yeah. But what puts and it over the archetypal. top for me as a Chaplin film is is not even him. He's perfect in it, and all those old silent. Uh, comedians he brought in to do yes. the small parts, but um, is Paulette Goddard? Uh, she's lovely. Yeah, really, really, it's so endearing. And we first see you her. Remember, she's stealing bananas to, to feed her. her. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And she's stealing bananas to feed her family. Yeah. And she runs away from the guy. And she see, and she, he's standing there trying to run after her. And she just like peels a banana and like bites yeah. into it. Just like she gets that. my favorite performance in the women. I love her. I do. I, 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 I really, really, and I. Don't think she ever got her due. Nope. And yeah, I think I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as romantic as the opening, as the ending of City Lights is, I think the ending of Modern Times is just as. Yeah. yeah. She was romantic. You get that one title card. To put that, it in the sort of an old-fashioned way. She was game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, and so the end of Modern Times, you get Dawn, and they're and they're on the road. They've lost their jobs, but yeah. they're going down the road, and she's like goes starts walking with this yeah. grim, determined look, and he's like smile, smile, and off. And not only do off they walk into the, but it's really the end of the Tramp. I mean, I guess the yeah. barber character in Great Dictator is sort of like the Tramp, but that's really the end of the yeah. most most and famous character in film. And the veneer. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, and, and and we hear his voice in film for the first yeah. time when yeah. he, she writes the words on the cuffs, and he yeah. goes out dance, and the cuffs go flying off his, off his hands, and so he's got to make up and he makes up the nonsense song, which is you know, uh, which is just there's God, I, even by my students, that's always the first film, full length film I show in my high school film class, and my students love that film. Really? Yep. Interesting. Because as it's absolutely timeless, and you know it's been ripped off and stuff. Although, fun fact, we were talking about. I was talking about Renee Claire before. Uh-huh. The next film Claire did after Le Million is called Anou la Liberté, which is about factory workers and the oppression of their lives. And it was made in like thirty two, thirty three, and Chaplin, shall we say, borrowed a little bit. For the plot of modern times, I don't care. Even the opening, I use. I I love the the opening. The opening I use to teach, you know, montage editing. Mm. Because remember, it's the sheep in the pen, and then you dissolve right to the workers coming out of the train station to go to the factory, and that's such a rich association there. You know, those two images juxtaposed. There's so much in modern times. Well, there's uh, there's another movie in '36. I just like to mention Osaka Elegy, which is one of the early Kenji Mitsuguchi movies. Which I have never seen. Yeah. Well, is again, it a- again, it's the same theme of you know women being <sighs> abused kind of thing. But a young woman becomes a mistress of the boss to support her family. Yeah, Mitsuguchi does have a theme, <laughs> doesn't he? But yeah. um, well, it's, but, it's all personal. But we it's t- all about his own. You own were experience. saying that. That's yeah. right. I remember you were telling that story, and I didn't know that it related yeah. so directly to his own life, yeah. which is really interesting. Well, it's sad as hell. My God. Yeah. All right. So let's let's forget our troubles. Come let's on, get happy, on. and move to 1937. The, the life of Emilia Zola. Zola. Oh my God. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's an interesting story. Yeah, but it's just not done well. Um, the part with Dreyfus is good, I remember. When, when Zola takes on the uh, yeah. Dreyfus case is, is fairly interesting. I haven't seen it in ages. The other, me, either have I, and I just 
wasn't going to try to watch it. Paul, Paul Muni again. Yeah. John, you mentioned Juarez, another point. I, I really liked Juarez. I thought that was a really good film. The other I haven't now, seen it in ages. That's another Warner Brothers biopic. Right, and uh, Brian Ahern plays Emperor Maximilian. It's the first right. time I remember seeing that's him, right. and he's fantastic in it. The other nominees that year were The Awful Truth. Love it. Captain Courageous. Yeah. Dead End. Yeah, okay. It's okay. It's right. The Good Earth. Inevitably. In Old Chicago. Don't know that one. Uh, oh, seen Don it. Amici? Yeah. yeah. Is it a, is it a uh, musical or... It's, no. I, 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 I don't remember what it is. It's some, I think it's one of those mishmash movies. Yeah. I only like let's, Ali- try to, let's try to please everybody. I like Alice Faye because it's pig Latin for phallus. So, <laughs> <laughs> see, you never thought these years. You never thought about that. <laughs> I bet they did then. He icked me K right in the Alice Faye. <laughs> see. See, they go low, we go high. Just like Continue. Michelle Obama. Continue. Lost Horizon. Oh, terrible. My God, a total horror show it's disaster. It's a Frank movie. Although, the best thing I can say about it is, it is better than the musical. Yes, than the Liv Ullman. Which yeah. is my vote for the worst movie ever made I by can't, studio. No Cold argument. Can Soup is better than musical. Oh, my God. <laughs> 100 Men and a Girl. Deanna Durbin, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Stage Door, which I... A lot of Hepburn fanatics like that movie. I do not. And A Star is Born, the first one. Janet Gaynor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it ain't Garland, but it's okay. I don't like any of them. The last one was the one I liked the best. Yeah, that was Lady shocking. Gaga. Gaga was really and, good. And uh, I hope I... You don't look... like the Judy Garland James Mason? I like them. I don't like the movie. Mm. I, I just don't like the script. I don't like the story. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. And I hated the Streisand. Oh, God. And I like Streisand. Soft as an easy chair. I walked out of that movie. (laughs) Sing it with me, John. (laughs) I'd rather not. I just hope I'm not alive for the next one. Oof. Well, we can arrange that. There are ways. You don't want to know. I can get get to tell by 3.30. Doesn't want to be alive for the next Star is Born. Yeah, I don't. I'll file that away. Please do. Put it in my... So of those, I'd I'd by far pick The Awful Truth. Oh, me too. And that is my favorite movie of that that year. So you're choosing I love that movie. I Uh, do too. Cary Grant, that was the movie that kind of got him into the comedy. The screwball comedy. And he's wonderful in it. And who else did it better? And Dunn got nominated... And um, Ralph Bellamy got nominated for supporting, but not Grant. They never nominated yeah, him for a comedy. Just when we, dramas. but my, I'm doing the other Leo McCary film that year, which I mentioned in our episode about politic, American political films, and political in a small p, not yes, a really he, about he politics. But, and McCary won director for the Awful, Awful Truth. Truth and got up there and said, "Thank you, you gave it to me from the wrong movie." And I'm not going to go into it because you should listen to the po- politics uh, episodes What's to the get. Movie? The, it's Make Way for Tomorrow. Oh, Make Way for Tomorrow, yeah, Make which is Way good for tomorrow with. Po- the possible exception of Tokyo Story, of Ozu's Tokyo Story, mm-hmm. is the most heartfelt, brilliant, unsentimental, wonderful film about a subject that we just don't like to talk about, which is yeah. how we basically warehouse our elderly people. And it, I, again, I won't go into details because I did in that episode, but it is the most... One of the five most moving American films I have ever seen. And again, I've never seen another American film that takes on the emotional and social weight of aging and what we do with people who are too old. I remember finding a few lines in that kind of like, eh. So that's why I would, and it's not, I mean, I it's would definitely give it 
my vote would be the awful truth. I, and, I, and I can see that. I, I just, just think there were just certain lines. I just, I just the writing, also it's, it's the writing. Yeah. It's Victor Moore and Beulah Bondi, so it's not exactly an A cast. Yeah. Thomas Mitchell, who plays uh, their son, is actually really, really good. Yes, in it. he is good. He's the one, remember, Sometimes. who says to his brothers and sisters, "My God, we are really horrible, aren't we?" And you know, I've just mentioned the end where the, they're a couple who he's lost his job in the depression, and the kids say, "You can't both live with us," so they have to split up, and they put mom in a home, and they end up sending, you know, sending mom out to to California, and they're separated. And the, the last scene is at the train station, yeah. and you know, they, you know, Sounds horrible. I'll see. You never saw it? No, it's no, it's beautiful and moving without being sentimental. Turner has it on quite a bit. Yeah, make way for tomorrow, guys. Yeah. There's nothing else like it, and that's why I chose it over. I love Awful Truth. I think it's perfect. But yeah. Make Way for Tomorrow is completely unique. And other notable films from that year were Nothing Sacred. Sure. You Only Live Once. Lang. Stella yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Shall We Dance. A Day of the Races. Yeah. Night Must Fall. And Topper. Those aren't notable movies. Yeah. <laughs> I like Topper. <laughs> Topper's okay. So, yeah, interesting. A good year for Leo McCary, anyway, because yeah. he, he won all three of our votes for the 1937. And uh, I was watching one of his more popular films this morning a little bit. Uh, it was on uh, Turner last night, uh, which I don't get. Uh, the Bells of St. Mary. Oh. I like Ingrid Bergman in it. I like Ingrid Bergman in almost everything, but. It's not a good movie, and I'm sorry. Yeah, it's very, it's very sentimental. And well, either, sad. I, either is I know the going Catholics. My way? I don't like going my way. Oh, would you like to swing mm. on a star? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never gotten through going my way. I've gotten through the Bells of St. Mary's because it was shown when I was I saw it at 11 years old at a summer camp. Going my way is a better movie. Yeah, yeah I think so. Well. But this man did direct Duck Soup, so yes, yes, I like him when he does comedy, but when he got sentimental. Well, and Rant he, said that when they were doing the awful truth, he just he he just didn't understand what was going on because they were kind of making everything yeah. up as they went along. Oh, yeah, it's from a play, uh, the awful great, truth, and you great, wouldn't know it. But great film, yeah. yeah. And I have no, a feeling it's, that and it's it's one of the great screwball comedies. Yeah, but I have a feeling that you guys are going screwball for thirty eight too. Oh, yeah. So thirty eight was you know the winner was uh, uh, a most unremarkable Frank Capra film in his very good. You period, can't take, it, can't with take you. it with you, yeah. And it's such a great play, and they they what they chose to do was just to to puff up two of the minor characters from the play, the James Stewart and right. the Gene Arthur. Arthur. They're in the play, but they're very minor. And, and the other characters who are wonderful get short shrift. And I, I just recently saw the uh, revival of the play with James Earl Jones hmm. as the grandfather, and he's it was a wonderful production. And... Yeah, the movie's kind of... The movie kinda, sucks. It's, but it still seems to be sort of highly thought of. I don't, I don't know, know why. why. I, guess. I don't know. I mean, well, Stuart and Arthur of, are good in it. Yes, I mean, I mean, it's kind. some of it's kind of enjoyable, but I, yeah. I understand what you mean. Oh. And that's also something at the time. They had to, like, promote the yeah, stars but to get people in the seats. It's, and they, it's so, you know, and ensemble I'm movies were not... I'm surprised they never remade it. Uh, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I, that's a movie from the 30s I would try to remake again. Yeah, but there's nothing Capra, when you think of Capra, there's no. nothing Capra about it. No, no, it, really. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's from the Kaufman Hart. So what else was nominated in the uh, uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood. My choice. Alexander's Ragtime Band. Mm. Boys yeah. Town. Sure, Spencer Trace. The Citadel. 
Was that Donut? Yeah. 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 Four Daughters. Don't know that one. I've seen it. Grand Illusion. It was nominated that year. Wow. Uh, Jezebel. Pygmalion. And Test Pilot. Hmm. Yeah, not... Uh, I mean, you guys are, of course, going to go with... Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll... With Grand Illusion. Yeah. Oh, I thought... 38? I 38. thought you were going with uh, bringing up... Uh... Oh, well, of the nominees. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. But yes, you're... other notable films are Holiday, Angels with Dirty Faces, yeah. Algiers, and my, my favorite, uh, Bringing Up Baby. Well, I don't see how Which anyone... is the best screwball comedy ever made, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I like I would, I would agree. Friday I would ag- this much more. Yeah, I would, I, I, of all the screwball comedies, actually, I think it might be my favorite Howard Hawks movie. Yeah, mine too. But at the same time... Is it the best movie of the year? I do. I think so. I think I might go with Grand Illusion. Although, we are kind of cheating. They're considering 38. Grand Illusion really was released in 1937. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, can I have a tie? Yeah, give him a tie. <laughs> give him a tie. So, and I because, am going... Because Bring a Baby is one of my all-time favorite movies. I never get tired of it. I've probably watched it about oh, 50 it's, times. It's, it, that's a perfect film. Yeah. I mean, undeniable. Um, but I'm going with, I, I, I seem to be, as with Scarface, I'm going with a film that basically set the, and 42nd Street He's too. just a contrarian. No, I'm not. <laughs> See what I did there? Think about it. Um, uh, I'm going with a film that basically set the template for an entire genre, and that's Adventures of Robin Hood. Because mm, yeah. in, movie, in some yeah. ways, every adventure, it's Perfect. The casting. There's your boy Claude Rains as evil yeah. King John, yeah. and Basil Rathbone and Olivia de Havilland and Flynn together are so amazing. And the di- the direction by Curtis and Keeley is is perfect. And you know, of that kind of movie too, it's still probably the best one. Yeah, it, it, I think it's and, and what for me what puts it over the top is the music. We did a whole oh, ep- yeah. episode twenty eight on our, our favorite scores, and in my top five was Eric Wolfgang Korngold's score for yeah. Robin Hood. It's perfect. Yeah, this is the opening music. Ah, it's it's just <laughs> oh, no. ba- the battle at the end and and oh, yeah. oh and uh, and the zigging arrows. Oh, <laughs> I want to put in a word for one of the nominees that. I like. I don't. I don't think it's the greatest, but uh, I like Pygmalion a lot. And for my money, Wendy Hiller is still my favorite. Eliza Doolittle. I saw that a long time ago. But I yes, just saw sure. it, watched it recently. Leslie Howard is okay. I'm not a Leslie Howard fan. No, and unfortunately, How he's all over the thirties. But he's okay in it. But everybody else is quite good. And of course, the ending has changed uh, against. Shaw's wishes, and he still wound up taking home an Academy Award for it. <laughs> But um, I, I do, I really, really like Wendy Hiller and Pygmalion. I think she's, and she, she definitely should have won the Best Actress. Who plays Higgins in... Uh... Leslie Howard. Oh, right, Leslie Howard plays yeah. Higgins. And who but plays... Uh... I forget his name, who plays Doolittle. But remember, it's very different from the musical. Right. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. My Fair Lady. Yeah. It's, 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 it's different. Mrs. Higgins, the mother, is in it much more than in the My Fair Lady. Wendy Hiller, an unfortunately forgotten. Oh, I don't actress. know. She love her. She and she didn't make well. She didn't make that many movies. Um, so for thirty eight, we're going with Bringing Up Baby, John. You are. No, you, we're giving you, you a tie. Bringing Gra- Up Baby Grand, and Grand, Grand Illusion. Illusion, and I'm going with that genre template, The Adventures of Robin Hood, with a never more dashing Errol Flynn and but a brilliant for sure score. You were 
grand delusion. But I well, I I put it in thirty-seven, and the only I know reason, that's the thing. That's the thing. Thank well, you for giving me a uh, segue, John, because the only reason I didn't give it to Renoir in thirty-seven is because I'm giving it to Renoir. Oh, also, I want to make a strong, strong. Because my Oscar book said it was 39, but it, it really was 38, The Lady Vanishes. Yeah. It, yeah. Hitchcock won the New York Film Critics Award in 38. Whether it opened... I know. Like I know. I know. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. that's... But, it, but uh, Lady Vanishes, to me, is one of the most overrated Hitchcocks. Underrated, I mean. Absolutely. I, I, not enough people know that movie, and I, I love that movie so much. It shows pretty often. Yeah, but I, I don't think... People know it that way. And well. the one other foreign film I think we have to mention is I, I'm not a huge fan of the Ivan the Terrible films. I love Potemkin, but Eisenstein's other masterpiece is Alexander Nevsky. No, and yeah. if you ever mm. doubt that, watch yeah. the opening battle scene in The Empire Strikes yeah. Back where the Imperial oh, yeah. walkers coming through the fog and the ice, and then watch that battle scene oh, yeah. and Alexander Nevsky to see what influence it is. And the musical is just written by Prokofiev, yeah. you know, in his spare that time. So, oh my God. So that's that's worth seeing, but uh, on as big a screen as possible, please. Technically, that's 38, too, so I'm throwing in a word for Alexander Nevsky. 1939, we're back where we started, Gone mm. with the Wind. Na, na, na. The other nominees were Dark Victory, yeah. Goodbye Mr. Chips, sure. Love Affair, yeah. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Why not? I think it's overrated. I do too. I like it's the smaller still a good parts. movie though. I like it. Mm, yeah. Nanachka. Love it. Which I would say it's her best, I think that's her best film. Absolutely. Uh, great Wilder bracket script. Uh, of Mice and Men. Really? Stagecoach. Absolutely. Talk about a genre starter. The Wizard of Oz and Wuthering Heights. Hmm. Not a bad year. And other notable films were... You can see sort of the rise of the power of the studio yeah. that year, too. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, and you know, everyone says 39 was... A, I think, was it our fourth or fifth episode we did on our favorite movie years? Yeah. And you guys were in the 70s and I chose 1960. We chose mm -hmm. to argue with 1939. Yeah, yes. but... Yeah. Other notable films from that year were Only Angels Have Wings. Oh, I love One of my favorite Hawks Wars. films. Yeah. Uh, Young Mr. Lincoln. Yeah. The Rules of the Game. Well, my Choice. Yeah, that's... Uh, the Women, Intermezzo, A Love Story, and Gunga Din. Well, Intermezzo is it's Bergman's first, yeah, uh, first American movie. Well, I'm going to throw in another Mitsuguchi movie, The Story of the Last Chrysanthemum. And that's, and that's the beautiful. one. That's, oh, oh that's glorious. I didn't know yeah. that was 39. Wow. Yeah, it's 1939. And that's the one that's where the style started to sort of change, where it's really, it's really him. The longer takes, the use of the art direction, the mise-en-scene. Again, of course, you have that same theme running through yes. his movies. But, um, yeah, that's, that's a, it's a great movie. The only other foreign film I would put in there is uh, Carnet's uh, Le Jeu Célève, mm. which was so influential on film noir. It's, it's, it opens with Jean Gabin, and you know he's held up in his apartment fighting with the police. And then we flash back to three days earlier when you know he was a normal guy living a normal life, and yeah. he gets caught up in these circumstances. Very noir. Yeah, it's beautifully shot. Yeah. But uh, I think we're all... I mean, all as, in agreement. I mean, a word for stagecoach, again, we're talking about a decade where so many of our genres that we know and love today got their, form, got their formative starts, and certainly the Western, which was like a joke 
in the 30s for yeah. the most part. And, Except for Cimarron. <laughs> you know, I'm well, kidding. I'm kidding. And and, and stagecoach. All of a sudden, it, the it was taken became, much more seriously. Right, yeah, became so. a viable thanks to John Ford and yes to John Wayne. Absolutely. But we're all going with rules of the game, yep. aren't we? Yep. Yeah, have yep. to. Yeah. What? What? Why do you guys love that film so much? Oh my God! I Where just, do you begin? The wit. The wit of that film. Yeah, but it's, it's just, the wit uh, and it's the, the uh, depth uh, of emotion. Yeah, and it's all the all the various really interesting characters, and it's but and it's also real and also politically relevant. Yeah, still, that's, that's what gets me about it. It is still. a film that is a savage satire. Yeah. of the upper classes, which is why it was banned when it was released. Oh, because yeah, for we're about to head into war, didn't right? It, didn't it? For almost, I think for over twenty years. Yeah, it didn't and, come and to France until the fifties. You, you know, you're late. You're sitting there thinking the rabbit, the rabbit hunt, yeah. especially. Especially that scene. Yeah. You're thinking, my God, these are the folks who are leading us, and they're not fighting. They're leading us into war, and they're going to exactly. make us fight. And yet, we love these people. Renoir loves these mm-hmm. people. Yeah. I don't know how he does that. It's a freaking miracle. Yeah. Um, and the and you know he. I love the part that he himself plays uh, as Octave. You know, Octave. sort of. Yeah. The, uh, He's wonderful. In yeah, Mister. Everyone has their reasons. The most famous line from the film, but Dalio is great, and even. You know, and even Nora Gregor, who's you know, it... oh no, was that your? Uh, that was my quote. Oh no, think fast, Mister Moto. You're gonna have to come up with something. Come up with something else come in the meantime. Just keep talking. Yeah. Come up with something while I do the necrology. Yeah. yeah. All right. So okay. you can do that. Yes. So... Well, that, just so everybody knows, the quote I was gonna pick is from Rules of the Game. The awful thing about life is this: everybody has their reasons which is one of the most famous quotes ever in movies, and that's why I picked it, because people have been complaining they're too hard. <laughs> well, and, 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 and even Nora Gregor, who's not much of an actress, is perfect in that yeah. part. Yes. And, um, and oh, what's the actor's name who was also in, oh, Gaston Modot, who was in L'Age d'Or. Is the ga- yeah. is the gamekeeper? That's right. And, yeah, he's uh, great. Great, yeah. and uh, everybody is great. Yeah. The up- whole upstairs, downstairs things works without being cliched. And again, that Renoir is able to strike that balance between viciously savaging this ruling yeah. class and yet loving that, that. You know, he's always referred to as a humanist director so much so that it's become a cliche. But if you want proof of that, watch Rules of the Game. Yeah. Which it, it, it's and don't forget. Marcel Dalio. Oh, oh, I did yeah. mention him. He's I, I, oh, wonderful. God, I love him. And building those miniatures and uh, and and it's, it's really kind of sad because he escaped France at the beginning of the war, and then he was a big star in France. Sure. He never had that. It's kind behind of, the roulette wheel in yeah, Casablanca. I was just gonna, that's yeah. the news. It's just something. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> well, they never twenty thousand. <laughs> He never achieved that kind of notoriety yeah. here in the United States. I mean, he constantly worked, but he, you see him turn up in some pretty awful movies sometimes, and it's really, it's, it's sad. Yeah, he so, worked. He worked. He oh, worked. yeah, he worked all the time. I don't find it sad when anyone works. You have a point. And so there you have it, my friends and fans. The 1930s, we begin in unanimity with All Quiet on the Western Front, and we end in unanimity in 1939 with Renoir's Rules of the Game. A formative decade. Hopefully we've thrown some titles your way that you haven't uh, heard of that are worth checking out. Uh, I especially, as I said, love some of those pre-code films that just you're, you're just completely knocked out that Hollywood put something, you know, with that much explicit sex, violence, etc. out, uh, but they did, and just a fascinating decade. All right, Mike, do we have a short or a long necrology? Six people. Uh, Lena Wertmüller. 
she died yesterday. Mm. First female director to receive an Oscar nomination for Best Director. Seven Beauties? Seven Beauties Seven in minutes. 1976. Her script was also nominated for Best Original Story and Screenplay. And Swept Away she did. Other Very films good. include Swept Away, Great. The Seduction of Mimi, mm. All Screwed Up, Love and Anarchy. She was an assistant director on uh, Eight and a Half. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, she got in, I, I think her... Best friend was uh, Marcello Mastroianni's uh, wife or something, and that's how she got on the set of that. Her one English language film was The End of the World in Our Usual Bed on a Nightfall of Rain with Candace Bergen, and it was uh, universally I panned and it deserved never even heard of that. It's bad. Ooh. It's really, really bad. But for a while there in the, the mid-70s, yeah. she was... And then she did, did TV movies. She... Um, was political, but no one could quite figure out what her politics were. Uh, she received hostile reviews from po both Pauline Kael and Molly Haskell, so wow. that kind both, of... And the, uh, uh, the pop critic Ellen, Ellen Willis called her a woman hater who pretends to be a feminist. Ouch. But she did receive an honorary Oscar in uh, 2019. Huh? Okay, uh, David, and I hope I'm pronouncing this name correctly, uh, Gopilil, uh, indigenous Australian actor. He made his uh, film debut at age 17 in Walkabout. He was oh, the uh, sure. guy. He, oh, he was the young, yes. the young man mm -hmm. who makes them. Oh, my yep. goodness. Also was featured in Mad Dog, Mad Dog Morgan with Dennis Hopper, The Last Wave, Crocodile Dundee, Rabbit Proof Fence, and... Um, Charlie's Country, which he won the Cannes Film Festival Award for Best Actor in huh. 2014. So Aboriginal uh, uh, yeah. actor. Yeah, and he uh, was 68. Huh. Arlene Dahl, 96. Insert joke here. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Actress of the 40s through 60s. In, you have no shame. In films. <laughs> Not a fan. In film, I. In films including Journey to the Center of the Earth, Diamond Queen, Slightly Scarlet with Rhonda Fleming, who I would kind of confuse them, and Kisses from My President. I think Rhonda Fleming was the one that was a little better looking. Yeah. Yeah, well, a little sexier. In 1951, though, she started writing a syndicated newspaper column That's right. called Let's Be Beautiful and had it for over two decades. And also um, founded a uh, cosmetics and lingerie company and would later write a syndicated astrology column, as well as numerous books on astrology and beauty. She continued working occasionally on TV through the uh, 70s and 80s, and she was the mother of TV actor Lorenzo Lamas. Oh, I mean, Kenneth Masmacho. She'd been married to Fernando. <laughs> Ooh, Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges or Fernando Lamas. Fernando Lamas. Ricardo Montalban. Fernando Lamas. Lloyd Bridges. Uh, Sir Anthony Sheeran. People at home are wondering, what yeah. the hell are they Wait, talking was, about? Was Anthony Sheeran any movie? I yes, oh, yes, he was. I always think of him as a stage actor. But he was primarily a classical stage actor. He was closely associated with the Royal Shakespeare RSC, Company. Sure. Also wrote four novels, two plays, <laughs> and three theater diaries, illustrated with his own sketching. He appeared in the films Mrs. Brown as Benjamin Disraeli, huh. Shakespeare in Love as the Doctor, not a big part towards the beginning, and in a movie that I saw that I really liked called Alive and Kicking, a gay romantic drama. 
On Broadway, he wrote and starred in the one-man show Primo, an account of daily life in Austria. That's right, and he was married to Gregory uh, Doran, who the head of the... Yes. Yeah, right, yes. that's right, who I've seen a lot of the things that he's directed. Right. I don't think I ever got to... Did you ever get to see Cher on stage? Yeah, oh, well, a couple times in London, and I saw Primo here, uh, and it was wonderful. Yeah. One-man show, excellent. Uh, Eddie Mecca, 69. The Big Ragu! Yeah, actor known for playing Carmine and Laverne and Shirley. He also appeared in a few small film roles, including A League of Their Own, directed by Penny Marshall, and Dreamgirls. Okay. And... <laughs> I almost cry when I think of this. Aww. Steven Sontag. Oh, well, that's not even... That's, that's three other episodes. Yeah, yeah. but... Limiting it to movies, uh, he uh, he won the Oscar for the song for Dick Tracy. For, right? for yeah. sooner or later, he won the Academy Award. Four of his films have been made into movies. Um, a in, funny thing happened on the way to the into forum. Into the woods. Uh, into the woods. Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Todd and a little night music. Oh yeah. There was a a film of little night music. Yeah, and um, a little night music is my favorite musical of all time. I can see that. And it's on my list as one of the ten worst movies ever made. Wow. I hope somebody remakes that, please. It came out in the 70s? Uh, 76. It was so with not Elizabeth... too long after the musical. Yeah. So, yeah. It was with Elizabeth Taylor. Harold Prince directed it, who directed the play. And Pauline Kael had the best quip about that uh, movie. Not only does it look like Harold Prince had never directed a movie before, it looked like he had never seen Seen a one, movie of course. Before. Yeah, that sounds like it. And, and of course, there, you know, Linklater is working on the 20 year 20 project year of Merrily 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 Roll Along, yep. which uh, I, I think is one of Sondheim's not great shows. I love it. I, Do I, you? I, I, I never only, did, I, and then I saw the revival at Encores with Lynn Manuel Miranda. Maybe I need. I, I'm, I, the New York Theatre Workshop is doing it. I'm going to try to see yeah, it again. They're also working on uh, a film version. They've been working on the last couple of years for Follies. Yeah. I just don't see I that don't see happening. But they, they were talking about a film version of that in the 70s, reuniting Ben Davis and Joan Crawford. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> he also wrote uh, a couple of uh, film scores. Uh, Stavisky, for, right? Stavisky, right. for Aline Renee, and for Warren Beatty's Reds. I did not know yeah. that. I didn't remember that. Oh, God, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, he was just a favorite of mine. That's no, all I can uh, say I loved anyone, him to death. Anyone who loves musical theater, you know, and I, I don't necessarily, but I love Sondheim. Well, to, yes, but not I would. Sondheim is, is is something else. He's almost like a genre unto he himself. Is. Absolutely, John. Yeah. Absolutely. He is. I, in fact, I had just seen the revival of Classic Stage of Assassins, and the, the I night, hear it's not that good. The night before, it was very good. It was is not. It? it was not nearly as good as the '04 revival oh, that okay. brought it back into yeah. everyone's. Consciousness, but and he apparently attended the next night, and uh, I gave saw him it, at the theater two nights before he died. Wow, which really creeped me out. I saw I saw him the '04 revival of Assassins with Neil Patrick Harris and Michael Cerveris. No, I saw that. Too. I saw I saw him there. Oh yeah, you know, I saw notes. him more at the theater for other things more than any other celebrity, usually by himself. And I understand he shows up as a character in the film of uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Yes. Uh, Miranda's... Uh... And uh, he he's co-stars with Krusty the Clown in the Simpsons episode. Awesome. And where he allowed Sending the Clowns to be rewritten. I also... There's an amazing South Park episode where he's featured in it, which is uh, not, not exactly uh, family-oriented, but is wonderful, and they pay very loving tribute to him in that. Um, but, uh, and he died at, uh, at 91. We promise, folks, we're not going to sing Maria. 
God, I hope... I, I know he was working on the musical based on the two Bunuel yes, films. Yes, Bunuel films, it's called Square One. I, I don't know how much was finished because he'd been working on it for years. Because I saw I saw a roadshow or Bounce or oh, Gold, whatever it was called. I saw it too. I hated it. Oh my God, that can't be his last yeah, word. It can't I hope be. not. <laughs> I, I got a feeling it won't. They'll, they'll drag the songs out and they'll probably add a few. Um, I, I hope that they... Because no, he was working on it. He talked about it on Colbert just a month ago. I mean, losing, he was 91, but still losing yeah, him no, is but, just... Uh, and there's no one to... Irreplaceable. Absolutely yeah. so irreplaceable. So he was still working right at the end. Yep. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was fine. He, he went to fine. Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. He went, I saw yeah. him at the play. No, I don't... No, well, just going out and enjoying is yeah. different from working. And when oh, he was working. working. Yeah. He was... Uh, yeah. he, no, that's... He loved to work. Oh, powerful. and I forgot... He wrote a sc- good screenplay with Anthony Perkins. That's right. The Last of Sheila. Yeah, that's right. Set early seventies, right? Yeah, seventy-three. Which is Herbert fun. Ross. He he and uh, Perkins had written a couple other scripts, uh, but none of them got produced. Uh, but, and if uh, you're a James Mason fan, you should see that. Movie. Oh yeah, Last of Sheila, seventy-three. Herbert Ross, good movie. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. All right, so any any necrology that uh, includes Stephen Sondheim is already way too long. So it, it's uh, inevitable but heartbreaking. So I love. promise not to talk so much about him. He's going to get he's <laughs> going to get okay. he's a little it's bit okay. clamped. <laughs> we will now let's take a talk him. I, I, I went I went to the theater dimming last night. Oh. So th- I, thank you for uh, canceling last night. So no, I and go. I know <laughs> and I know that at uh, Marie's Crisis and all the piano bars, oh, everyone's sure. been singing Sondheim straight. And for apparently, two- uh, according to the article in the Taste Times, there are five thousand people who are online for the lottery for assassins for like 20 yeah. this weekend for 20 seats. Well worth it. A show that wow. was literally 15, 20 years ahead of Oh, when I saw Assassins, I wanted to say to Sondheim, good show, but did you really think this was going to be a hit? <laughs> because you know what it's about. Yeah. Presidential assassination. Yeah. It's, my, it's, it's my favorite show of his. But that's, Really? Well, it's a good he, show. I like it a lot. He always said, he said, never said it was his best show, but he always said that it was the show that was closest to how he conceived it in his mind. Mm, that the final okay. product was. And by the way, between the original 91 version with Victor Garber, which never made it to Broadway, right. and the 04... It was that never was even talk- reviewed. No, the 04, which I was talking about, he made some substantial changes yeah. along the way. So, And he always tinkered. And with Merrily, too. It's kind of interesting that doing the lyrics for West Side Story was basically a, like a milestone yeah. in the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then right after that, he did the Gypsy. lyrics for Gypsy, yep. which yeah. is and awesome. Then, yeah, and then, then, and then 60 thing. years later, mm-hmm. it's remade, and he dies. Yeah. And he liked it. He talked about Colbert. Yeah. And he did not like the original. And I know neither, he did. And neither did... Uh, no, I didn't. Um, Arthur Lawrence or Bernstein. Huh. The only and thing Bernstein, I liked about it was something about he didn't. He had objections to the orchestration yeah. for some, which I don't quite understand because you would think he would have say in how it was orchestrated. I guess he didn't. Although I don't know, the movie, this, the music's pretty damn good. It's yeah. not, it's my favorite musical ever, but that's a whole other. Podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. Exactly. Well, we're going to argue about that in All the right. next podcast. So, well, it's better than don't Music Man, to which it lost, for the, uh, lost the Tony in 1957, yeah. which is unthinkable. And the original didn't make money. Yeah. That's the only reason the, the creators were happy with the movie, is they finally made money you, from it. You now own 50% West Side Story. All right, so, John, have you, have you, have you spontaneously <laughs> okay. come up with a okay. new quote? So, the quote from the last episode was... Right. I guess when you're young, you just believe there'll be many people with whom you'll connect with. Later in life, you realize it only happens a few times. 
That was Julie Delpy to Ethan Hawke in Before Sunset, 2004, yeah. directed by Richard Linklater. Now, my original quote was, as I said before, the awful thing about life is this, everybody has their reasons from the great, the rules of the game. So the new quote is, you still think it's beautiful to die for your country? The first bombardment taught us better. When it comes to dying for country, it's better not to die at all. Hmm, interesting. I think I know. I think I know where that's from, but I'll have to. I'll have to check myself before I wreck myself. All right. So if you think you know the answer to that one, check our web fabulous website www.vintagesand.com. Lovingly maintained by yours truly, and uh, the source of all kinds of information on the things we talk about here, plus some things that go beyond. And you can find the answer. Check to see if you're right in your answer to John's quote quiz. So, as I mentioned for our January episode, we're going to do something new for us. We're going to go genre and do a brief, if we possibly can, history of the Hollywood musical, which I think, you know, is is easily... I think it's the easiest genre to talk about. It's the most polarizing. There are very few people who like some musicals because it's so artificial. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the yeah. genre that's least like life. Yeah. And yeah. so to try to sell my high school students on it is often a bit of a challenge, except for the theater kids, who immediately yeah. dive right of in. Of course. So um, we will be going, starting with Broadway Melody of 1929 and going to West Side Story. West Side Story, which, which I liked very, very much. I think it's far superior to the uh, Robert Wise, Jerome Robbins. We'll like save that argument for the next episode. Hopefully you two will have seen it by yeah, then. I will. Oh, I'm yeah. going. oh, I'm going to make it a point it's, to see it. It's like Life Serial. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. Yeah. So there you go. He so, doesn't like anything. I knew <laughs> I would. Oh, my God. Because, Tony, because I've been very happy with the uh, Tony Kushner, Steven so uh, Spielberg uh, yes, collaborations Lincoln before and, uh, yeah. and Munich, I knew I would like it better. Then. Save it for the next All right, we're saving it for the next But I, I really, people go out and see it at open, well, whenever you hear this, it'll be, it'll be opening. It's wonderful. All right, and that will be our January episode, episode number 36. Wow, and so we will take this opportunity to remind you that as was, is, and ever will be, Vintage Sand is a five nines and a four production. We want to thank Melissa for her technical help, Mama Sue for the use of the hall, and Gabby for her cool-ass logo. Remember that we are on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. As I mentioned, please check out the website and leave your feedback at www.vintagesand.com. Um, in the meantime, see everything. There's a lot of good stuff out there now. A lot Have a of good stuff. safe wonderful holidays celebrating whatever holidays yes. you do and not to get cheesy on y'all but let's be grateful that we're all i'm grateful that you guys are still here and that we're still doing this we're and healthy at the end of 2021 knocking on same whatever. here and we wish that for you all eight members of our audience and as ever we also hope fervently that your favorite films will always be streaming